We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm Alan Sislowski, host of the Rotowire Football Podcast and Rotowire Sirius XM show on Sundays from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. On this episode of the Rotowire Football Podcast, we welcome back former Rotowire partner Chris Liss, now of Real Man Sports. Rotowire supporters do not need an introduction to what Liss has accomplished in fantasy sports, but for new listeners to the podcast, Chris Liss has been producing high quality and thoughtful fantasy content in both baseball and football and some other sports for over two decades. Liss forces you out of your comfort zone and always asks the key questions. What if this consensus outcome doesn't go that way that everyone thinks it might? What could happen if player X lives up to his upside? By taking risks and having a thoughtful contrarian mindset, Liss has carved out a unique place in fantasy sports. All of Chris Liss's premium content and social media is linked in the video or audio description below. On this episode, Chris Liss and I identify six players you must snipe from your league mates in 2022. I don't know if you remember, but when we did the mock draft, the uh, Rotowire Magazine mock draft, and you picked, I think you picked Barkley in the first round. I to- I had told you. Second that, round. Second, second round. round, right. And I had told you that he was going in the third round at that time. It was true. It's just really interesting that he keep that that the early drafters had him as a third rounder, and now, like, if you look at the NFFC, he's pick fifteen, and there's no doubt in my mind he's going to pick ten. So, I mean, why why do you think that even? Why did the drafting bros like myself put him in the third round? Uh, I don't know, actually. I, I think well, no, actually, I, I do have an idea of it. I, I think that he burned a lot of people that took him early in the last couple of years, and he got hurt um, in in twenty. 19 i want to say towards ac no 2020 towards acl early and even 2019 he sprained an ankle missed like four weeks and then wasn't himself so really 2018 he was the guy that was as advertised the guy that went second overall incredible season 91 catches more than 2,000 yards of scrimmage uh with eli manning as his quarterback and a bad offensive line so he was the real thing um and so he was drafted first overall the year that mccaffrey went crazy he was just okay he got hurt 2020 tears an ACL um, last year is coming back, finally gets up to speed and sprains his ankle, misses a few weeks and has a bad year. So I think he's just burned a lot of people who used a lot of draft capital on him. He's almost not quite David Johnson esque, but pretty bad. Um, and so people are just like, never again, you know, I don't, I'm not taking him again. But if you look at uh, what makes a fantasy football running back or just any player valuable, there's four, there's just four things to value a player basically, right? It's opportunity. He's got all the opportunity. There's nobody there. It's Matt Breida, right? So he's got all the catches, all the carries, anything he can handle if he's healthy, he's got. Two, skills. What can he do? Well, he's uh, six feet, 240, and runs a 4'4", has great vision, uh, catches passes, runs routes. Um, Skills, check, okay? What are the other things? Team context. Well, it was horrible for him his whole career. But now he's got a real offensive mind in Brian Dable coaching. They upgraded the offensive line. They drafted Evan Neal with the seventh pick to go along with Andrew Thomas with the fourth pick, who played better a couple of years ago. Um, they revamped the offensive line. Maybe it's better. Okay, so team context, fine. And then the only last one is health. And, yeah, he's disappointed, but he's two years removed from the ACL, which is typically when you get to be 100%. And he's completely healthy now. He doesn't. He's not coming into camp off a surgery, off an injury. He's totally healthy. 
So if you look at the four boxes and just look at, at you know, the things that actually matter, the signal, not the noise. Oh, he, he burned me in the past. He, he ruined my team. I'm emotionally upset at, at him. Um, the Giants should have taken Darnold. Never draft a running back second. You know, all these idiotic reasons. You know, people are religious. These are religious cults these people are in. They actually think that running backs don't matter at all um, because on average they don't matter. But sometimes, you know, the elite players do matter. And uh, and there's all these dumb reasons that have, that are just stupid ideologies or personal, emotional, uh, bad feelings because of what happened a couple of years ago. And uh, but if you look at the things that actually matter, the four factors that are, are the value, the basis for valuing any player, he's a first round pick. You know, one of the things you said there, it, it really caught my attention was the the upgrade in coaching staff, because sometimes they get a new coach. And, you know, that new coach does some things better, some things worse. But when you have like all time bad, like proven bad offensive minds, like, I mean, Joe Judge, obviously nobody thought he was good. He's almost like a just if it wasn't for Urban Meyer, he would have been considered the worst hire of the last five years. And, you know, uh, uh, Jason Garrett, I mean, just vanilla, you know, barely an offense. So that's like going from, a, if, if zero is the baseline, it's like going from like a minus six to like a potential plus six. It's not like going from a, a two to a three. So I think people, um, I, I mean, everyone likes the Giants offense. So I think that's the key one right here, a coach that knows how to use a player. So that's why I, I'm with you there on Barkley. And, you know, I titled this podcast, Six Players That You Need to Snipe. I think he qualifies. And when you were in your high stakes draft, you weren't taking any chances because in the beat Chris list leagues, you always get sniped. You're like, F that I'm yeah. going to take him at pick three. I mean, seems a little aggressive, but no, because Barkley actually has RB one overall in his range of outcomes. Easily. I mean, I went over the four things like he could get. I mean, if he's healthy, he's going to get 250 carries and he's going to get 60 plus catches, but he could get 280 carries and 80 plus catches, you know, and if you knew someone's going to get 280 carries and, and 80 plus catches. That's RB1, right? right? I mean, McCaffrey healthy may get 245 carries and 100 catches. So that may be RB1. And so maybe that's your guy. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor, as great as he is, it's kind of like Pete Gurley, right? When, when Gurley, um, you know, was the, was the stud running back, it's like you knew he'd get 45, 50 catches. Uh, and they'd be like really productive catches. But you knew that he wasn't going to get Alvin Kamara PPR points. Right. Um, and so in a way, like McCaffrey and Barkley have more upside even than Taylor does. I mean, Taylor's great. And he's, I'd still take him one, one because he's just got no, um, red flags at all. But, um, yeah, it's funny. It's funny you say that because this is what I tell people about Taylor that I have conversations with. It's like when you're drafting Jonathan Taylor at one, one, you're not expecting him to be the number one overall player. You're expecting him. It's almost like the highest probability to be a top five player. Right. Yeah. I, if, right. I mean, if McCaffrey's healthy, there's just no way. It, not no way, but it's very hard for Jonathan Taylor to outscore him if he's healthy all year. And I feel similarly about Barkley. I mean, McCaffrey is just such a PPR machine, but Barkley caught 91 passes as a rookie with Eli. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's not like, oh, yeah, he catches some passes. Joe Mixon, oh, we'll get him more involved in the passing game. Every year the Bengals say that and they never do it. Um, no, this guy caught 91 passes as a rookie. I mean, I, I think people forget what 2018 was. In 2018, Barkley had seven carries of 40 or more yards behind a shit offensive line. The last person to get more than seven 40-yard rushes. The second guy was like Zeke that year, had three. The last person to get more than seven was 2012 Adrian Peterson, and we know what that year was. That was the year where he had 2,000 yards off the ACL tear. So um, this guy was exactly the generational back he was supposed to be out of college. He's just been dinged up the last few years, and maybe, you know, that's, you know, Maybe that's just going to be the story of his career. But again, he's healthy now. He's the old, they didn't bring in um, even, a, you know, a credible backup for him. Right, well, he's the guy. You, I want to just again highlight two things you said that it goes into the psychology of fantasy players this year. So, okay, everything you said, let's, let's put that right here. Why are people not fading McCaffrey? People are taking Christian McCaffrey at pick two. All the things you said, he's had two years of injuries and they brought in a credible back. They brought in D, uh, Dante Foreman, who showed well. When he in relief of Derrick Henry, in fact, a lot of people that are fading uh, Christian McCaffrey, like like myself, is a first round pick. I have all the Dante Foreman that I can get because it, it's not, even if Christian McCaffrey stays healthy, there is a chance that if they get on the two yard line and Foreman, two hundred thirty pound back, could have four or five touchdowns, and that can hurt 
you know, Christian McCaffrey's chances of returning that number one overall value. So I guess really my question is for you is there's injury skepticism on Barkley, but not on McCaffrey. Why? Yeah, I have it the other way around, which is kind of weird. Um, I'm nervous about McCaffrey. Me too. Uh, different kinds of injuries. Uh, you know, Saquon sprained his ankle in the flukiest thing. He stepped on a guy's foot after the play. Um, the ACL tear, that was two years ago. He came back from that just fine last year. Um, so that was a year ago you, when he came back. Do you agree, though, that the market is the opposite way of this? It, oh, totally. McCaffrey's okay. going two overall sometimes. Um, so, but, but the point is that... Uh, that McCaffrey's 205 pounds, like 5'11", right? Like To me, he is not built as a typical guy who can do 280 carries or whatever he got in 2019 when he started to fall apart after that. Um, I, I just, like, uh, Barkley's 240. Now, it's not the only thing. I mean, sometimes the heavier guys with more muscle, they their legs wear down because they've got more upper body weight that they're carrying around. But, um, you know, the guys like Eckler and McCaffrey, like Eckler, they're smart. They give him 150 carries. And, and that's what a guy like that should have. I'd say 130, you know, give Foreman the, the hard carries and, and let McCaffrey be the, the pass catching weapon. But um, they don't seem to do that. McCaffrey gets everything when he's in the game and when he's healthy. And so um, I kind of feel like Barkley, who's, you know, had who, who's basically been off, you know, for a lot of the last two years and is six feet 240 is the lower injury risk. So I'm also fading McCaffrey, A, because of the price, as you said, but B, um, because I just think like he may be done as like, like he missed two years with different stuff. He may be sort of, you know, that was it. You know, his 205 pound body got those heavy workloads for a couple of years and that was it. I think Barkley, um, yeah, it's built for the built for the wear, built for uh, taking more. And he's just had some unlu- uh, bad luck. I'll argue, even though I'm fully on the side of that we're we're arguing together, the only case that I could see for McCaffrey is that we all agree that Matt Rule is on the hot seat, and he's a candidate to be fired in season. Certainly, if he doesn't win eight or nine games, it seems like there's a better than 50% chance he's gone. So he's going to use every tool at his disposal to keep that job. So that's why it doesn't matter. Whatever quarterback is playing better in camp, that's the one who's going to play. And if, if he needs to run McCaffrey into the ground, that's what he's going to do. He's not looking. He is a year-to-year coach. But that's bad because, I mean, I right. think if I'm a McCaffrey owner, I want him to get 13 carries and 10 catches every week. That's what I want. I don't want 22 cat. If I see McCaffrey getting 22 carries in week one and I have McCaffrey, and he goes crazy. I'm like, man, can you just ease up on the unimportant carries, like in the middle of the field, smashing through the you know interior the sixth, part of the yeah. line? I don't yeah. want that. He's 205 pounds. He's just not made to to withstand that. And he's not he's not five six two oh five. He's not Maurice Jones Drew. He's five eleven two oh five. Right. I mean, his body mass index is lean. Um, I mean, he's jacked, right? He was an underwear model. Now that's what his main job is. He never plays football anymore. But the point is he, he that's not a running back build. That's like a receiver build almost. Right. Whereas Barkley six feet two forty, he's built like a running back. So um, maybe that doesn't matter, but I, I think it matters a little bit. And you need some muscle around you to like take those hits over and over again. So if you're just watching this on the video, everybody knows Chris List from Real Man Sports. Uh, you should go check out his Substack. If you're watching, if you're listening on the podcast, I'll have done a full intro for you, so there will be no need for an introduction again. Uh, and we're going to talk about uh, everything that you're doing in sports this year, or plan to do, or what your fans are forcing you to do. You're, uh, but I, before that, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Dynasty Owner. If you love fantasy sports or you're ready for a new challenge, Dynasty Owner is a new way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries, adding strategy of running an actual franchise. Dynasty Owner provides a unique challenge experience that will test your skills as an owner and general manager. Sign up now at DynastyOwner.com. Use promo code ROTO5. That's R-O-T-O-5. Receive $5 off any new team. I play on Dynasty Owner. It's a, it's a pretty crazy platform. It's, uh, it's not more complicated than the other platforms. It's just more strategy. All right, we're talking about six players that you should snipe in your fantasy football drafts this year. Uh, Chris Liss uh, identified Saquon Barkley. Uh, I think that's a, a good pick, but now he's moving up, up, up. You're going to have to take him in the first round. His ADP right now is 15 overall. And again, it's who cares? Take him uh, 10 or 11. I took him third, right? Yeah. And, and I like Jamar Chase and, I, and Justin Jefferson. And, you know, Taylor was obviously gone. I think McCaffrey or Najee Harris went second. And uh, I thought about it. I was like, I just want the back. I think I can get receivers later. And who's my 
RB2. It's Barkley. And I know people think that's crazy and that I'm a Giants fan, and that's why I'm saying this. And I am biased in the sense that, like, I've watched Barkley play his whole career. Um, but I, you know, that's who I think. And because, as you said, it was beat Chris Liss, and people follow my rankings, they follow my tweets who are in that particular format. Um, if it was randos that I didn't know who didn't know me, I might have gambled that he came back at least, you know, three weeks ago or four weeks ago when I did the draft. But I, you know, he wasn't coming back at the end of the second round. So right, I, we're gonna, it was just the guy I wanted most. We're going to push on from Barkley because I want to get to the other players. Okay. Uh, you identified Elijah Moore, the Jets wide receiver, going into year two as a player that you should try to snipe from your league mates. Right now, going in the sixth round, he had a fourth or fifth round ADP. It moved down once they drafted Garrett Wilson. They signed a couple tight ends. Uh, to me, it seems like he's still great. But I've seen him fall to the seventh round in non-wide receiver crazy uh, formats. So why do you think he's worth jumping up over ADP and sniping your league mates for? Um, well, so a couple things. I, I, last year, uh, I don't follow college football that much um, at all, really. And so I, it's not until the draft that I start digging into these guys. And then you'll have a lot of guys who are good at uh, NFL analysts who follow college and they start to like give you the scoop on a lot of these guys. But um, at one point, I think A.J. Brown, who went to college with Elijah Moore in Mississippi, um, was like, was just like extolling him in an interview, like saying like, this guy is so much better than I am. And AJ Brown is a stud in the NFL. Um, and it just, you know, I don't know. It was just a weird thing where I saw one little thing and it made me like, who is this guy? And then uh, Scott Barrett, um, I forget the name of the site. It's Hanson's site. Uh, but Fantasy it's, Points. Fantasy Points. Uh, he's a really good analyst. I follow him. He was like talking up uh, more as a prospect. And I just started looking into it, just kind of filed that away. You know, it wasn't like, okay, I had to have him. I think I did draft him in one league that I ended up winning. Uh, it was a primetime league. And and so, uh, so okay, so he does nothing for like several weeks with Zach Wilson, the Giga Chad Zach Wilson, by the way. And uh, QB1. <laughs> QB1, the QB1. And uh, But then like Flacco and Josh Johnson, a bunch of scrubs take over. And who was the other guy? Oh, Mike White. Mike White. And Elijah Moore starts tearing it up with these scrub quarterbacks and not, finally, not the director, Mike white, right? Just, no, not the, yeah. not white Lotus. Well, white Lotus is what we were calling him after a while. <laughs> uh, white Lotus, is a great show, by the way, you should definitely watch that on HBO. Stamp, uh, rubber stamp. But, um, Mike white, way, he, Elijah Moore. Yeah. He starts lighting it up with these guys. And, and then you start thinking about what AJ Brown was saying and some of the stats that, that Scott was throwing out. And, I was like, oh, okay. And I had a share of him and, you know, it helped me for a few weeks. But he, And then he got hurt. And then, like, Wilson came back. I think he might have had one decent game with Wilson. But it was like, to me, it was like this guy who runs like a 4-3 something um, and who uh, just lit it up um, was kind of like he, everything. He, he was as advertised. It just we didn't get a lot of him. So now he's in year two where receivers typically break out. And I'm looking at him as like an Antonio Brown but with more speed guy. Um, that, you know, okay, Garrett Wilson's drafted and Corey Davis is there and, and it's not a great passing game, but just draft the guys you think are super, super talents. Like I think I was sold on this guy and now he's in year two where receivers take the leap. And if you're so good, who cares about Garrett Wilson? Who cares about, um, Corey Davis, yeah. Corey, it doesn't, that, that stuff doesn't matter. You know, I remember this is the classic example, 2012. Um, I didn't, I didn't want to draft Mike Trout as a rookie. He ended up getting sent down. Uh, but I was like, look, they've got Mark Trumbo DHing. They've got Vernon Wells, Torrey Hunter. I, I was named like Bobby Abreu, all these veteran scrubs that they had, or they were all, all right players. I was like, there's no, there's no place for him to play. Where's he going to play? I checked off all the boxes. Well, somebody got hurt. Trot gets called up and that's the end of it. Like hmm. if you're really good, you're really good. Like just don't worry about, uh, I think that's just a real uh mistake in fantasy football to like worry about these just these names on jerseys that you know oh they're all going to play where is he going to get his targets randy moss is a rookie oh jake reed and chris carter are starting there was no three wide sets in 1998 like where is he going to play well if you're that good they just get you the ball it, it doesn't it doesn't matter so um i just think he, i i'm just gonna have him on every team that i can possibly have him on i think one of the the biggest reveals that i'm waiting to see uh, that a player that you may want to snipe or you may want to hold back and let him fall to you at ADP is uh, CD Lamb. For all the reasons you just said, CD Lamb, he's going to, is it year three or at this point? And he's going around like pick 16, 14 on the fringe. I've seen him go with pick five in one draft. Like somebody's like, I'm taking him. Now you're talking about players that are just good, but he hasn't done it yet. Do you think CD Lamb, would you, are you just waiting for him to fall at value or could you see? 
I know sometimes you're like saying, hey, why pay for the leap when it hasn't happened yet? This is a player you're going to have to play for, pay full freight for. What do you think about I'm the in, I'm in on CD Lamb. I think he might be my receiver four, you know, after the big three. Um, it's well, just that big it, three, meaning Coop, Jefferson, Cup. I mean, Cooper yeah. Cup, Jefferson, and Jamar Chase. Yeah, I mean, I think those guys are everybody's top three. And then, mm-hmm. you know, who's the fourth, right? Some people have Devontae Adams or Diggs or um, whoever. I would have it as Lamb. Um, but, you know, again, you're saying he's going to go early, right? Like, if I was picking late and I missed the big three receivers – um and we're picking like pick 10 like right right like well 10-ish. i would take barkley but like you know it, i think in the end i could get sniped at 10 you know I, mm. I, someone at nine could take him i would probably take lamb or Diggs. probably lamb uh i don't think lamb is like i think lamb is really good i don't think he's like i, I don't think he's like transcendent talent i think he's really good and dak likes him he's the clear number one he's gonna get probably 100 you know if he's healthy he's gonna get 100 catches for 1400 yards and 10 touchdowns, you know, I, and, and I think, you know, at the end of the first round, you, you take that. It's fine. I mean, you're, it's, it's totally fine. Um, I don't think he's as good as the big three. Maybe he'll end up in that uh, by the end of the year. I'll change my mind. Um, I don't think he's like a transcendent talent. I think he's a good, he's a good receiver and he's going to get the work. But the reason to add on to that, I mean, he is only game in town. You know, sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad, but uh, it's almost always good. It's almost always good. Right. And that's what worries me about Jamar Chase. I mean, we saw three or four weeks last year where T Higgins was the clear alpha dog in that offense. And if, you know, the, everyone knows about Jamar Chase now, right? They're going to be playing an extra. They're shading some coverage over him. Presumably they don't want to get beat deep. Teams don't like to get beat deep like that. So you could see, and T Higgins is a legitimate wide receiver one type of profile. I'm just worried about Jamar Chase disappearing for a couple weeks. When I say disappearing, I mean, he's probably going to help the real, his real team, but you could see it. And it happened last week where he gets, you know, three for 60, no touchdown, four for 55, no touchdown. That's why I'm worried about taking Jamar Chase in the first round. In our Vegas draft, I passed on him for a safer option. I took Najee Harris at pick five overall. So does Jamar Chase have a little bit more risk? And should you let somebody else snipe him for you? Yeah, I, I would I would definitely take Chase over Najee Harris. Um, yep. You know, Najee's not the dump truck, the real Najee. And <laughs> so you can't draft him that high. But secondly, um, the thing, thing about, you know, four for 60 or three for 38, that's just being a wide receiver, right? That's just the nature. That's going to happen, you know, just because Cooper Cup never did that, had a historic year, or Antonio Brown is 18. Or Justin Jefferson. Year, right. I think Jefferson had a couple games like that, but, right, but it, Cup, yeah. Cup didn't. Okay. Cup, but that's never, that's like never happened before. Like he set all sorts of like streak records. And so that's the nature of being a receiver. And I get that Higgins is there. Remember Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne? You know, would you not draft Marvin Harrison because Reggie Wayne was around? Right. Aquan Bolden and Fitz. Right. You, you would draft them because, yeah, it would be great if they're the only game in town, but. Jamar Chase is a rookie, just torched the entire NFL. And he's paired with this quarterback who's now not just coming off the ACL tear, like a late season ACL tear. So Burrow should be better. The line should be improved. And Chase is one of these just all time. To me, you come in the league and you do that. Uh, to me, that's like, you don't even know. This is maybe Jerry Rice. I mean, you don't know what you're even dealing with here, right? Um, so what Odell Beckham did the first three years when, with Eli Manning when he came in the league, it was like, it didn't really matter like who his quarterback was. He was so good. And I think Chase and, and how much coverage was slanted his way. I think Chase just maybe and, and, and also Higgins is going to keep defenses honest. So I, I, I think Chase just may be that next level type of talent. And um, I've got no problem. I hear Jefferson is close. Jefferson's gotten the sharper play because he's going to get 100 catches in his sleep. Um, and he's also really good. But I kind of lean Chase because I think there's a, a higher ceiling. Yeah, and it has those like Will Fuller, peak Will Fuller, weak tilting thing. Like Jamar Chase can win you a fantasy head-to-head matchup himself, whereas Higgins is probably he'll have his spike weeks, but you know those spike weeks might be like twenty-four points and then sixteen points. Whereas Chase has that like forty-point fantasy week, and you're just like, oh my god, you know, eight for for two ten and three touchdowns. You know that. I mean, you that's- can stack them. I mean, you, I mean, if you were, uh, you know, in an NFFC. I mean, I'm sure people are doing this, but it's not crazy. You'd have to take him in round one and round two, though. Did Higgins have Higgins? Not you can't get him in three. Not anymore. No, no. I'll give it to you right now. So Higgins, right now, I pulled drafts from the last two weeks. Higgins is okay. Higgins going pick twenty six. So if you wanted this, if you took Burrow, if you took Chase at say pick Ten. three. Well, no, like pick 10 because it's third round reversal, right? So like, right, you, but you get, in the first two rounds, there's no, so that's what I'm saying. So you take 
you take Chase at pick three, whatever, and then coming back on the second round, you have to take him at pick twenty-two. No, but if you take if you get Chase at nine, okay, which you, sometimes you, he falls at not anymore. Not, in, my say, league, he went, in my league, he went nine. In, he's in going five league. overall in the NFFC over the last okay. two weeks. Okay, you can't. You certainly can't count that on that nutless monkey lucky. league that you're in. <laughs> I I was pissed to see him go down because I almost took him at three. Yeah, but yeah, okay. So you can't get him in early third, basically. Is, is so you have to spend your first. Which again, if it's NFC, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you got those two and you got Burrow in round seven or whatever, I mean, you could win it all. You know, you get ETN in round three, although that's going to get harder to get. Well, you get, you, you table talk because that was our okay. next guy. So let's right. transition. Okay. Per- let's that's, go. There we go. All right. So we're talking about six players that you should snipe. And again, you know, fun, kind of cute SEO title. But really what we mean is just jump up ADP to go get your guy. And the thing that you talk about, uh, you you use this phraseology to talk about ETN. Who's the guy that can be on the Rotowire magazine next year? I love that because what that really means is who's going to be the player that is either going to be number one or number two, the hot new player. And that is Travis Etienne. It's when you, I'm going to let you go through why he's worth sniping, but it just makes total sense to me. I, I've been taking him every time in round three when he was a round five pick. We started drafting in February. He was like round six, round five, but no James. You go through it. W- what's the case for Travis Etienne as the, you know, a top three running back this year? Well, yeah, you said it. I mean, he's the guy who could be on the cover of the magazine. He's a mega talent. He's paired with his college quarterback. They have hopefully a credible um, organization now with uh, the Giga Chad, Urban Meyer gone, who so much respect. Did you see that video where like there's that guy in the background smoking the bong <laughs> while they're interviewing him on like college football TV? <laughs> yeah. So much respect for Urban Meyer. I really think, you know, he kicked the kicker. Um, what, what a, what a, what a giga chat. But the point is now that that guy's gone, they may have a credible uh, organization again. You, you design plays where the receivers run into each other. It's like, perfect. It's, you it's know? genius. I, I really, I, I love it. But, uh, unfortunately for us, but fortunately for the Jaguars, he's gone. Um, yeah. and so, you know, I mean, this guy should catch his PPR. We're talking about 75, 80 balls. I mean, why not? Right. The receivers aren't very strong. Um, Lawrence is going to lean on him. He's a great talent. He's fast. He's quick. Um, they'll have James Robinson to take some of the, the heavy duty work, especially coming off the serious injury. So I don't think he'll get 240 carries. I think he'll get 180, you know, 175. But the if he catches. gets 85 catches, I mean, he, yeah. he's Austin Eckler, basically, right? I mean, yeah. that's that that's was... the idea. You get Austin Eckler in the third, um, and then you know you you can get your other guys in the first. And you know w- when Barkley was going late second, you know the, the, the Stone Cold nuts was Taylor one, Barkley 24, Etn 36. I mean, that to me was like, you know, that's not possible, I don't think, anymore. But that was the stone cold nuts to have those three guys um, as your first three picks. But I'm in on ETN. And I'll say another thing. Like, so I, I think like fantasy sports and, and society in general has been taken over by these like spreadsheet bean counter types that are so like worried about, oh, I, I've got a, you know, um, I was talking about Scott Barrett, one of the best analysts in fantasy football, but he said, you know, he had changed his mind on diversification of players because he talked to these. Well, hold on. Expl- expl- I saw the tweet. I oh, want okay. you to so, explain so, that so out was, because okay. not everyone. Okay. So he was talking about, you know, uh, the, the benefits of diversifying your fantasy football. Portfolio. Meaning if you're in like 10 leagues, take a little of, you know, and you have a guy. So let's say your guy is Joe Mixon or DeAndre Swift. Don't get him in every draft because what if you're wrong? What if he gets hurt? What, or right. if he just gets hurt? You know, bad right. luck. Okay. So and that's you, diversification. You right. And and he used to be against it. And he's made a lot of great calls in the past. He had Lamar Jackson everywhere in 2019. He knows what he's talking about. And I was like, if you're good at, at picking players like he is, like why diversify out of that? Like if you like Cooper Cup last year, and then you have in six leagues, you're like the seventh like, ah, I'll, I'll take Robert Woods instead. Um, that team that you took Robert Woods might be the one that would have won the uh, NFFC overall. But for that, you know, uh, disastrous uh, diversification decision. And I, you know, and, and so you, you can't be in the situation where I'm running 600 leagues and 600 best balls and I'm using, you know, a substantial portion of my uh, net worth in this. And so I must diversify because an injury will wipe me out. I play fantasy football with money I can afford to lose. And I want to just get my guys, have the best possible team I can, be as plus EV as I can if I have an edge in in evaluating players. And if it's a catastrophic season because a couple of my key guys get hurt, so be it. I'll be pissed. Don't get me wrong. It's not going to be like, oh, no big deal. I had a bad season. I'll be mad. I'll really not enjoy that season. But that's how that's fantasy football, right? That's how it goes. Um, I think the whole hedging and diversifying out of the guys you really like, um, that's like managing a stock portfolio where, you know, your net worth is overly invested in that and you really just can't afford a catastrophic loss. But that there's no reason to play fantasy football like that unless you're just doing it as a living 
And, and I don't think that's the majority of people. I think majority of people should find the guys that they want and they should go in on those guys to the greatest extent practical. Now, don't, you know, reach three rounds for a guy just to get him. I mean, sometimes diversification happens because uh, of where you fall in the draft or someone else reaches up and gets him way before ADP and you didn't you thought he'd be there for you. That's fine. You can't help that. And you, you live with that and you adapt. Sometimes it actually helps you. But I would never just like not take a guy because I have a guy. That's that's what I'm talking about, diversification. Don't just take the other guy because I have a lot of shares of this guy. For me, if it's 50-50, I'm getting another share. And also, I think Stopa brought this out on the, on, the, uh, on Twitter. Um, on Sunday, I don't want to root for the whole league, right, for and against everybody. I want to <laughs> root for three key guys. And if those guys do well, I'm psyched. And if they do badly, I'm mad. And, of course, I don't like to be mad, but – but it's like, I don't want to just be like, oh, I'm just got a diversified portfolio. Oh, he scored. That's good and bad and good and bad. I got to look later. Right. That's a horrible way to watch football. You know, I, this is something that we do because we love it, not because we're like bean counters in this investment thing. And when you go back to ETN, people are like, oh, well, the downside is this. And there's not, pro-, you know, they're so worried about like the, the, the sort of uh, volatility and everything else. And it's just like, dude, just take the best players that you want on your team that you've done some research on. And go in. I mean, it's just it, it, this this whole um, this mindset is, is to me. It's it's like yeah, it can help you on sort of a portfolio wide basis or something. But for the most part, like um, that's not what really this is about. In fantasy football, there's like three guys every year, maybe five guys every year that you have to have, right? And that's what I'm talking about. The cover next year. It's like if you had Christian McCaffrey in 2019, if that was your guy, you won your league. If you didn't have him or Michael Thomas that year you probably didn't win your league, right? It was just, there's like five guys and you got to figure out who those guys are likely to be and get lots of shares and hope that you're right. I mean, that's, that's the game. Yep. So what I want to do, right. There's this crazy, you can't hear it on the mic, but there's this crazy knocking right there. Let me just tell them to shut up. What I want you to do yeah. with this one minute, I'm going to be gone for 30 seconds. Tell everyone, use this moment to tell everyone where your fantasy content's okay. going to be this year. Everyone knows and loves you from RotoWire, but you're going to be doing something on Substack. Take 30 seconds while I take care of this, a very annoying knock. And I'm going to come right back. Okay. Get him, Alan. All right. So uh, realmansports.substack.com. That's the site, realmansports.substack.com. Uh, I don't want to promise you that you're going to win leagues because you follow me or, or join it. There's a free option. There's a paid option, subscription option. Uh, I don't want to promise that I'm going to have content whenever uh, it's convenient, although I have a bunch of things lined up to write about already. Um, I am just going to uh, express my thoughts on it. Again, it's realmansports.substack.com. If you're interested in that, uh, sign up. Um, if you're not, uh, please don't. Please don't sign up if you're not interested. Uh, I just joined the uh, super contest and it's not, actually, it's not the official super contest, it's the circus circus sports version of the super contest. You pick five games against the spread every week and the uh, $6 million survivor pool. And I'm going to talk about my picks for those things. Am I going to write a formal survivor column? Probably not. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to talk about my picks. And as I said, you missed this out. If you're interested, oh. real man sports, sorry. Yeah realmansports.substack.com and if you're not interested please don't sign up i'm not interested if you're not interested i don't want to navigate whether you're i'm not selling this to you this is i mean i am selling it to you but i'm not uh trying to persuade you except that if you're interested check it out if you're not interested please don't and the main reason to subscribe is this amazing video that we just uh post or that you'll be posting of uh chris oh good 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 posted you're very it's NL, very it's nutless not, monkey. So, you not to. It's, not, it's nutless monkey of me to have done that video. No, no, not it, to post it publicly. Oh, but. it is nutless monkey, but it's, yeah. it, it was nutless monkey for me to do the video. But this is my my. Uh, it was my decision. I, I texted Alan. I said we're in Vegas. I said, can you come down early? I'm signing up for this big contest, and you can get footage of me doing this, so that if I win, when I win, uh, I'll be like, here, here I was. It'll be like a documentary. And so Alan's like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. So he comes down, meets me in the sports book. And I start narrating it and go to the woman, the proxy that you need from Vegas, Tony. She's very nice. Uh, and I'm like signing up and trying to tell her about my team last year. And I could tell she's just trying to do her job and like really doesn't want to deal with this. Um, and it's, it's embarrassing. And it's embarrassing because I just look like every other reality show loser, like, you know, just the same tone. Like, here's what I'm doing. And 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 so we shot it. We had the footage um, and it was embarrassing. And I put it behind the paywall, not because it's worth paying for, because it's not. Uh, oh, but just so brilliant, brilliantly edited, brilliantly. But, yeah, yeah. Just so, uh, <laughs> just so the as few people could see it uh, as possible, and I still was able to use it, uh, but just in the most minimal way possible. So you're, that's you're like the producers. Remember the producers? They wanted no one to see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how I right. with that one. Yeah. 
All right, so for the uh, audio audience, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to re- uh, continue on with our players that you should snipe in your fantasy football. We'll be back in five seconds. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And we're back. Thanks for the video audience for sticking with us. And we are here with Chris List from Real Man Sports. Uh, I have all the links in the video description below if you want to go check out his content, his Substack. And we're talking about players you should snipe in your fantasy football league, meaning jump up ADP and take them before your league mates do. Kyle Pitts is the next one that I wanted to ask you about. I mean, the upside is apparent. I mean, but third round pick feels rich when I can draft guys that have proven resumes. Why is Kyle Pitts someone reaching up in within the third round? I know. Cause he goes at the end of the third round. You're probably not going to reach up to the second to get him, or maybe you will. So, but why is he someone you want to secure in the third round? Uh, remember the, the criteria, the criterion of who could be on the cover of next year's magazine. I don't think we ever put a tight end on. Did we put Gronk one year? I don't know. Mate uh, Gronk or uh, the Jimmy Graham or I don't think like... we did, but no. we might've, but somebody did probably put Gronk on it. Um, Kyle Pitts. Can you see that? 2023 Kyle Pitts, you know, uh, arguing uh, for 1.1 as a tight end. Um, I could see <laughs> it, right? Because Kyle Pitts is, you know, that guy who's six foot six and runs a, you know, four or whatever, four. Um, he's basically Calvin Johnson uh, qualifies a tight end. And Mariota's the QB for now. And Mariota, you know, he was confident before he got hurt in, in Tennessee. He may be okay. And they don't really have much else, right? Drake London, there's, it's not like a, a rookie receiver maybe, but what's the deal and, with Calvin Ridley? Nobody's drafted him. Is he suspended? No, no. Yeah, he's, he's suspended for the full year for the gambling thing. So he's out for the entire 22. This is what they basically, you're right. They basically have Drake London. They have, um, and, and they have like a bunch of like Alameda Zacatus. Like there's right. nobody there's no, there's there. There's nothing. They, and they brought over Brian, Brian Edwards is the only significant name. Oh, right. they yeah. Over. Yeah. They're old Raiders receiver. So they, they don't have anybody else, right? They don't really, I mean, Corderell Patterson's 33. He's their only credible running back, but they got some rookies. Damian and then, Williams. Yeah. Rookie. Yeah, nothing right. crazy. So, okay. So the defense sucks. They're going to have to throw. They're going to be behind. Um, Kyle Pitts already had, what do you have? A thousand yards last year as a thousand yards. Tight, tight ends don't do anything as rookies. Like anybody pretty much. Gronk had 10 touchdowns and you're like, he didn't have a lot of yards, but he had 10 touchdowns. And it was like, did that bode well for this third round, second round? What was he? pick having a good career yes he was the greatest tight end of all time if a tight end mark andrews had a pretty good rookie year too mm-hmm. that bode well for him being a stud tight end kelsey torres acl i think is a rookie but um usually if a guy has a good rookie year as a tight end like even incredible year now pitts also was fourth overall pick in the nfl so you knew he was getting you know involved i, I just think this is just like i don't know just too easy like this is like the this is like the all-time tight end prospect having a thousand yards as a rookie and now there's nobody there, and the team sucks. They're going to throw a ton. Um, I don't know, man. I just think it's like it's just. How about easy. the QB situation? Is Mariota help or hurt or or neutral for his for the cause? 
I mean, Mariota was competent for a few years before he, you know, had a bunch of injuries and Tannehill took over. And I don't know. I, I don't see him as being a real problem. Maybe Desmond Ritter is decent. Who knows if he gets a shot? Um, you know, there's also Arthur Smith, the coach of the Falcons, was also on the Tennessee Titans when they drafted Mariota. They proactively brought him over. I know that Arthur Smith was also on the staff that benched him, but he brought him over to be his bridge until they figure it out. He must realize the guy has talent. And I mean, obviously his talent, he was the second overall pick, but I, I like, and I've had this argument with some of our other colleagues that I think it's a positive that Arthur Smith proactively brought over. Yeah. Uh, but uh, QB doesn't own. matter. QB only matters. The only time the QB matters for the stud is if the QB is, there's two QBs that can hurt a stud. One that is just below the NFL threshold. that just sucks. Right. You know, Dwayne Haskins, well, rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins, right. but, you know, not to pick on him. but The Dwayne guy, Haskins, Peterman. Yeah, Nathan Pe Peterman. <laughs> the, when you're below the threshold uh, in, as an NFL QB, um, the receiver can be screwed, okay? But if you have, um, you know, I think even, and I love DK Metcalf, we can get to him too, yeah. but if you have even, uh, what's his name? Drew Locke or Geno Smith. And Drew Locke is probably below the threshold of NFL QB, but he's not, the, he's like, Trough James Winston, right? Right. Like he's and, like QB like 38. Right. But like those guys are, you know, perfectly fine or old, you know, old Ryan Fitzpatrick. These guys just chucking the ball around. It doesn't really matter. The other problem you can have is if your QB is too good, right? If you have like Russell Wilson and it's like DK Mag, he doesn't just chuck it up to DK every time because he, he likes Tyler Lockett and he can, you know, improvise he'll and throw it away things. or he'll right. tuck and run. Too right. smart, too good. Now, that's not usually a problem because you know, usually it's, it's great to have a great QB, but I can, there's sometimes where the guy's so good. He throws to the open man. He doesn't lock in on the one guy. I think your best case scenario is to have like a Justin Jefferson with Kirk cousins. who's totally competent and we'll just throw to him like all the time. And um, we'll see if Mariota's still at that level, but I think Mariota's probably over the threshold and who knows, he may go crazy and target pits. He, he might just be like, look, I can just chuck it in this direction. And he's going to make the play. Antonio Gibson is somebody that nobody wants to snipe. He is now, he was a second round pick before, you know, in February. And then as the news got worse and worse, JD McKissick comes back. They draft Brian Robinson. Has it gone too far that now he's a sit like a fringe fifth, sixth round pick? Yeah. Is that someone that you would be looking to, you know, snipe or jump ADP just because he's a good player? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I was always off Gibson last year. I just, I just seemed, felt like he, he just seemed a little injury prone to me. The and, next and, Christian McCaffrey, you mean? Yeah. The next Christian McCaffrey, of course. Yeah. So that seemed crazy. And then he was injury prone and he's getting pushed up to like mid first uh, by the end of draft season last year. And I didn't want any part of that. Uh, but, um, but yeah, you know, it's like I wasn't on Miles Sanders a couple of years ago and he was going in the first round, but I get guys like Gibson and Sanders in the sixth, seventh um, now because I think there was probably something to the case of why they were drafted that high. They're still the guy in their teams. I mean, you know, there's, there's help, but McKissick doesn't, you know, if Gibson like comes into his own, it's not like McKissick is such a threat that they have to use him. And uh, so, yeah, I, I hate the, uh, what are they? The commanders now? Yeah. It's a bad name. And nobody I, I, likes I, it. I hate that team. You know, I, everyone hates them and the name is stupid. Um, and I, and Carson Wentz is just terrible. I mean, that's the other thing Carson Wentz, uh, it's not if, not if like Carson, if, uh, yeah. he, he tries to check it down. He doesn't check it down very much. And like, he tries to make a play and run and smash it and get smashed up by the defense. So it doesn't bode well that he's there, but, um, you know. in, in Vegas, uh, when we were just there, we did a super flex draft and you took Kyler Murray as your first pick. I kind of goofed on you a little bit. Uh, not because it's a bad pick, just because, you know, Kyler Murray sometimes tails off towards the end, but He's going to be, you know, I mean, presumably satisfied. He got the the big contract, 230 mil, I think 176 guaranteed, second highest per annual year player. Um, what is going to, you know, it, the last couple of years, it's been Kyler Murray's been like, oh, my God, I'm going to win the league because I have Kyler Murray. But the last, like, five or eight games, it just it doesn't seem to end well. He's It's almost like a league loser. Why will it be different? And then also a player that I want to jump up and snipe from my league mates is Marquise Brown. So I'm curious of how you uh, your take on those two guys this year. Uh, I don't think it'll necessarily be different. And uh, Kyler Murray is partly responsible for me getting knocked out of Survivor and Dalton with <laughs> 23 right. people left. So I'm not a Kyler Murray fan. Guy played horrible in that Lions game, just really terrible. 
Um, I mean, you, you took him in our Superflex draft at seventh overall. I mean, ahead of my guy, Jalen Hurts or Russell Wilson. Yeah, so uh, I could have taken Wilson. I actually like Wilson, but I don't think Wilson's going to run as much. Uh, you know, Murray's a great fantasy quarterback because he runs and he gets a lot of attempts. I mean, how many quarterbacks get both? Josh Allen, he's at 1.1 in that league and deservedly so. Nobody else can get, you know, 580, 600 attempts and all those rushes, right? Usually it's either or. Lamar Jackson uh, will run a lot, but he doesn't get that many attempts. And um, the guys who get a ton of attempts, like Justin Herbert, they don't run a lot. So Murray gets both. He's like the rare uh, unicorn that gets both. And he's a great runner. I think he's just gotten hurt both years. He got hurt last year. He got hurt, um, I think, his rookie year. Uh, at the end, he was playing hurt. And so his production tailed off. And if that happens again, then, you know, he'll probably tail off again. Uh, I just took him because of the super flex. And I, I could see a case for Hertz or, or Wilson. I think Hertz could lose his job. I don't think Hertz is that good. Um, and uh, I think Murray, it's, it's his job. He's the, you know, he was the 1.1 uh, in his, the NFL draft, and they just gave him the money. He can't lose his job. So in a QB flex where losing your job is a real problem. It's not like in yeah. a one QB league, oh, he lost his job. So I picked up, uh, you know, Kirk Tua. Cousins on the waiver yeah. wire. You know, yeah. uh, this is different, right? So I. I, I think it was the right pick. I, it wasn't. It was kind of like I, I don't really like Lamar Jackson because I think he's too injury prone now. He, well, he went ahead of you anyway in this yeah. draft. Here you go. So I'm I'll, saying I'll, like like I, and Jonathan Taylor, I might have taken, although I got two backs that are you know really good after that. After Mahomes, it goes Allen Herbert, Burrow, Mahomes. The first four, I would maybe take Mahomes over Burrow, but either way, I think those are the top four. And then after that, um, you're kind of drafting in no man's land. But I I would if we were doing it again, even though I was three or four scotches deep at the start of the draft, <laughs> I would still take Murray again. Yeah. And so I did, um, uh, we did a short video of this with Jeff Erickson and he was talking about how he wants, uh, he was advising people to fade Kyler Murray in single quarterback leagues, whole different dynamic. I agree that Murray's a top eight pick top seven pick in super flex leagues, but in the end, I guess really what I'm asking you is every year, the real difference in strategies uh, for single quarterback leagues, a league like the NFFC is where are you going to shop for quarterback and where are you going to shop for tight end? What do you think the best, what, what's your strategy? What do you think the optimal strategy is this year for NFFC self single quarterback home leagues uh, for quarterback? I mean, I, I've never gone into the second round to get one of those guys that I've been tempted in the third. I would never do that this year. So where are you going to be shopping for quarterback? Let's start with that in single QB leagues this year. Well, I only did one draft, beat Chris List, and I got Mahomes in the sixth. And I yeah, wasn't that's... aiming to get him, but it was like, dude, it's the sixth round. That's and highly unusual. Right. Highly so, unusual. So, you know, that was just easy, right? That was like, okay, that's, I guess that's my quarterback. Herbert and Mahomes. Herbert went one pick before me in that draft, and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to choose between these two, but I was definitely going to take one of the two. Um, and then I and then I end up with Mahomes. I, I don't know. I, I'm probably not looking to take one of the top QBs unless he really slips. Um, I think it's good to identify a bunch of QBs that you like. I love Daniel Jones. I think even a one QB league, he could make a leap. He'll be um, on the waiver wire, though. That's what's oh, great about it. I didn't even yeah. draft him. I was like, got to draft him. I drafted Gronk instead of him because I was like, oh, I'll pick him up in waivers. Um, so I think like someone like that who can run and who's now maybe an incredible offense and has good weapons, um, you know, could be QB 12. And, and the thing is, you if you are got the QB 9 through 12, you're going to be mixing and matching. So you hopefully get QB 8, you know, uh, in the aggregate by using favorable matchups with those guys. Uh, so, yeah, that's just like, you know, you, you have two or three QBs that you have. You have one guy that you would identify as your starter, um, whether it's Cousins or Stafford or whoever, and, um, and then mix and match, um, you know, as, as matchups are favorable with a couple guys. I'm bullish on Brady this year, and I, it's, it feels like the market is not. I mean, I know that Godwin's you know not going to be there for, I'm going to assume, the first two, three months of the season until he's back to himself. Uh, I've had this argument with uh, some They're like, hey, uh, ACL is a nine-month. Yeah, but until they're, until they're themselves, you, you can't really play those guys. And then Gronk retiring. Uh, so, But I'm really still bullish on Brady. Especially, I'm bullish on Mike Evans for obvious reasons. Uh, 45 years old. It's funny. We the, the market was more skeptical on Brady when he was 39. We're right. more bullish yeah. on him now that he's 45. Well, so is this the year he hits the Peyton Manning cliff? Where, where are you going to be on Brady and the Tampa offense? That's what I'm curious about. I'm not out, but I'm not. I took Mike Evans in the second in, in that Pete Chris list, late second, um, because, uh, as you said, I think he's the only game in town. And, and if he got 150 targets instead of his usual 130, yeah, maybe scores 15 touchdowns. Um, 12 and a half touchdowns each year with Brady, 13 and 12 uh, for the two years that Brady's been there. Yeah, maybe he goes to 15 if he gets a few more targets. But um, I'm not out on Brady, you know, if he was there in the 10th round or something. That's but what it is, yeah. But, uh, but like, 
you know, he's 45 and like, it's not going to, you know, this, you know, they say the circus leaves town for everyone and, and it will for him. And, it, and the chances that it's this year are high, right? It might not be this year. He may retire after this year, win a Super Bowl, whatever. But the chances there's like, like with every other QB, you know, especially QBs in their prime, there's a 0% chance of age related, just cliff drop, right? Like there's just no way that uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to just drop off a cliff because he's too old. Right. But there's like a 30 percent chance that Brady drops off a cliff because he's too old. So you just got to bake that 30 percent into like your draft right now. In a one QB league, it's not that big of a deal because by the, if you're drafting Brady's your QB one, you probably back him up pretty quick. And, you know, Trevor Lawrence is another one that could just, you know, all time QB prospect gets a real offense. Um, you know, that's a guy to have. I just have a few guys. Uh, in the one QB league and you could take anybody, whether it's Brady or Stafford as your QB one. It, you, Stafford has a good case because it's the second year in, in the, uh, in the system. And, you know, usually there's an adjustment period when quarterbacks go to a new system. He may be better this year. Yeah. I so. like Stafford a lot. It's, it's crazy that Stafford seems to go like QB 11. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, there's been some off season news that he took a shot in the arms so we'll see what happens, but I, I've been taking Stafford Brady. It's the old guys. I like tight end strategy. I was something I want to ask you about, because again, this really does form your whole strategy uh, when you're drafting. I mean, there's just, you know, I, to use a line from the Godfather three, just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in with first round tight end. Travis Kelsey could see, I mean, uh, this could be the first 200 target tight end we ever see in history. Uh, you know, I, I was arguing with um, with Jim Coventry. He said that Travis Kelsey, he's projecting to have a bad season because of all the double and triple coverage he might have. So where do you say, I mean, Travis Kelsey is a defensible first round pick for you. And also, I'm not, just, I'm not considering him the first round. And I'm also just talk him. about your tight end strategy. What part of the draft do you think you're going to be shopping for tight end this year? So I'm not even considering uh, Kelsey in the first round. How about the uh, second, the second round, would you take him? At the very end, maybe. Okay, you know, so like, that's a no then. That's a yeah. no because you're not going to get. Not, him. I'm not, I don't. I don't. I'm not interested. Um, I, I, he's 33. You know, he's getting to that point where he could fall off a cliff. And you're right, he get a lot of targets, but they, you know, Juju's going to get targets, and MVS will get his, you know, uh, field stretch targets. He'll drop a few, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, you know, they've got other guys in the mix, and it may not be like all Tyreek Hill, but it'll be spread around a little bit. Maybe you know, maybe Michael Hardman gets you know 90 targets instead of 60. Um, so I don't, I think he'll get used the way he's used and he'll have less room to operate and he's a little bit older. So uh, I'm out. Uh, the only tight end I really want is Pitts Cause I think like there's a chance that he puts up a year that, you know, it's not linear. It's not like, Oh, he was good in year one. He's a little better in year two, a little better in year three. Sometimes it's like he was good in year one and then boom, it explodes. And now you've got the greatest tight end of all time. That happens all the time with great players. A guy comes in, shows that he can, you know, that, that he's as advertised in the next year. It never looks back ever. And, and so you, you would can't you take just, him in round two? Would you take Pitts in round two? Like if you were picking like, so let's say you were going to take him at three, three, why not just take him at two ten and make sure well, you got him? Uh, well, I, I might take ETN. I, I mean, if I were like in a standard league that wasn't third round reversal, I might go yeah, like Pitts ETN at the two, three turn, right. you know, like okay. that, that to me would be like perfect. I'd be really happy with that. Um, but so, yeah. So, okay. I, so I'm you miss on of, Pitts. You miss on okay, Pitts. Okay. So the I miss on Pitts. Stop. You know, it's right. Okay. So it's, it's, we're doing third round reversal. No, 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 okay. normal, normal home league draft. Yeah, I probably what won't part- miss on Pitts in the, in the two, three turn. But the point is, yeah, let's say I miss him. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to pay up for Andrews, especially Lamar Jackson back. I think Lamar Jackson's going to spread it around more. Um, I mean, he loves Andrews, but I, I feel like Andrews did a lot of his damage when Lamar Jackson was out. Right. It was and, um, <laughs> right. And then, so, uh, so what am I going to do? Well, Kittle, George Brittle, if he slips, I'll take him, but mm. I'm not looking to get him in the you know top four rounds. And then uh Waller, Waller with Hawkinson, Devont- Goddard. Nah, with, with you know, I screwed up uh not taking Hawkinson in the beat Chris list. I took Kadarius Tony, who I love, but I should have taken Hawkinson there and yeah. I forgot. I was just I, looking at a different list. I got Hawkinson in our Vegas league. He slipped to seven. I thought that was a miss by the league because Hawkinson is I mean, you know, again, he could be as the the guy that vaults to the top two or three this year. Yeah, talk about George Brittle though. Hawkinson's very brittle. Uh, yeah. He's so I don't know about Hawkinson, but yeah, I should have taken him in that one league. I was I was an error. You're you're not paying for it with Hawkinson. He always falls to seven. Well, yeah, if he's in seven, and 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 there's nobody you love there. Like take him. I should have taken him, and, and maybe Tony would have come back anyway. But okay, is what it is. Uh, but I'm not looking to jump any of these guys if they're there and, and it makes sense. I'm going to do it. I've ended up with Irv Smith, um, Albert O in this league. I took. How about uh, Zach Ertz? He into Zach Ertz at all? Yeah, I think the old guys, and he's only like 30, 31, by the way. He's not yeah. even that old. And he was great uh, last year. Yeah, no, I mean, he's not going to get any explosive plays, but 
Murray likes him, and those old tight ends produce. Yeah, I, I'm good with Zach Ertz. I'm good with Irv Smith, who I was big on last year. Then he got hurt uh, in the preseason. And then the other guy, like in this league, I took Hunter Henry, who, you know, Mac Jones year two could be a lot better. Hunter Henry's their red zone guy. Huh. And look, uh, look, look at this comment. They wish this was recorded from live from Lotus to Siam. <laughs> I appreciate that. But, you know, that would have interfered with the, uh, the meeting, unfortunately. And we would have, yeah. it would have been disgusting too, because we would have had good a good comment a, right a there. Clip. Good yeah. comment. Yeah. All right. So uh, uh, then I took Tunyon late because I, I don't even like Tunyon. I hated him last year before he got hurt. But, I mean, there's no one in Green Bay. What if he trusts Tunyon and that's the guy he trusts, you know? The problem is with Tunyon, though, that he's already, they're saying that he could start on pop, but, and his contract, from what I understand, is it's, he's paid per active game. So obviously he's going to be motivated to be active or he's not getting right. his full salary. So yeah. I agree with the theory that, you know, the circle of trust, Rogers, he trusts that guy. But, you know, he, if he starts on pop, but I guess in a single tight end league, it doesn't matter anyway. A couple of the guys, though, that are moving up, I wanted to ask you about. Tight end 11, and you talked about tight end showing spark, Pat Fryermuth. Um, and then tight end 12, third-year tight end Cole Komet. One on a bad offense, one on an offense we don't know about. Are you interested in those guys, or are those guys a pass? yes. Komet, less. I just – that Bears offense just sucks. And New coach. Chicago is just one of those places where the quarterback – I don't know if it's the wind or the environment. Yeah. You never get a good quarterback in Chicago. The best quarterback they ever had was like Jay Cutler. I mean – it's like they don't – they just don't ever have a passing game in Chicago, period. You know, I mean, there's just – I don't know. Maybe it'll change, but maybe Komet will be good. I'm just trying to think of like the last like – Jay Cutler. Yeah, Jay Cutler. I said he's the best a, quarterback they've ever had. But but you know, I guess they had Marshall and uh, – what's his name? Uh, the tall guy. Um, tall, like rangy guy. Uh, you're talking about? Um, oh yeah, uh, the, the the guy with the come neck. On, come, yeah, the no, with... the, the, I, his name's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't think of his name. The guy with like – uh, you Mike know, Lennon? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the receiver. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Okay. Oh, I thought you were talking about quarterback. All no, right. They yeah. had that one year where they had Marshall and Jeffrey, and they both right. went off, and they had Cutler. Okay? That is like the only time I can remember the Bears. Marty Booker had like 100 catches, you know, for like 1,000 yards. Marty Booker. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. I mean, what what Bears receivers did you ever own? I mean, Allen Robinson was okay. No, nah, he wasn't even okay. Did, yeah. did, did a Bears receiver ever win you a league besides Marshall and Jeffrey? Yeah, no. I mean, ever, right? And I mean, no ever. one really, and Jeffrey was always a problem. He had one good year, but it was he, like, he was yeah. always hurt. He's always hurt after yeah. that. It's just, I don't know why. Maybe the environment, like, they just don't have a passing game. And so I, I just don't want to buy into that. Now, Komet could be the exception, but it's not like Komet is like this uber prospect. It's not like he was did so much before. Or, I don't know. It just seems like a, it just, I may be wrong, but it just, no. here's the interesting stat that uh, my friend Cody Carpentier from Player Profiler brought it to me. He said, Cole Komet has the most targets in history last year without a touchdown. It's like 95 targets, zero real touchdowns. Real tight end. Real tight end. <laughs> Gets 1,000 targets and no touchdowns. That, yeah, so uh, that could be. I'm on know, Kyle Pitts, so it's the same problem. But, but, the, but the point yeah. is, at least like, you know, Atlanta, it's a dome. Like, you could see them having an offense. Like, the Bears, just forget it. And they're, you know, you know they're on the road. They're in Green Bay. I guess Minnesota and Detroit are indoors now. But um, anyway, I, I'm out on him. But, but Fryermuth was good as a rookie yeah and he's not this athletic you know super you know phenom but i could see him being like earths you know like just getting 80 90 catches especially with you know young qb um there and just you know and just ended up being like you know basically like the doubt the uh the guy i don't like is the cowboys tight end um, oh you don't like so. dalton schultz no but he, i think Fryermuth could be this year what dalton schultz was last year yeah, every year there's a guy who's ranked as like tight end, like 18, that vaults up into the top eight just based on volume or, you know, and not necessarily athletic skill. I think that guy could be Austin Hooper because he's already been a top five tight end. And when you talk about Tennessee Titans, Robert Woods coming off an ACL, Traylon Burks is, you know, the, the drum beat's been bad for him. Right. And there's already been reports that Austin Hooper and Tannehill are basically connected, you know, are connecting in practice. So, you talk about a guy that you can get in the last round of your drafts. I drafted Austin Hooper in a couple of our drafts in Vegas. I like him. And again, he's already done it. So that would be my guy that I'm targeting if I'm just waiting till the very, very end. Um, go ahead. It's not bad. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I could see it. Um, yeah, I got a question. Take Gronk with your last pick. I, I really believe in that, even though it says he's not coming back. Um, the chances that your last pick is better than the top in July is better than the top five guys on the waiver wire in September is almost zero. You're going to drop your last pick anyway. So you yeah. may as well take Gronk. And if he unretires, you've got, you know, tight end nine with your last pick. 
All right. Couple one or two more situations I want to ask you about. One of the most fascinating things I love to study ADP and trends. That's why I do drafts from February, you know, even starting in like January sometimes, going all the way up because I like to watch them. Kind of like, you know, when you watch crypto and Bitcoin move up and down. Don't say crypto. Crypto is bullshit. Crypto. Yeah. Crypto, that that's just a bunch of scams. There's Bitcoin and then there's a bunch of scams. So don't say they say, Oh, it's crypto, crypto's up, crypto's down. There's no crypto. There's actually something that uh, is decentralized and could be the you know the next money and there's a bunch of stuff that's basically un- unregistered security so just understand the difference i know how, i know how to trigger you i know how to trigger you but yeah the, the thing on the adp board that really baffles my mind is that both tyreek hill and jalen waddle go in the first three rounds sometimes jalen waddle slips a little bit which i think is nuts but nobody likes to how this is the opposite problem we have with t higgins where the receivers are going in the top 30 you know top 40 picks but two is you know qb 17 something's got to give here yeah and they also have like gasecki it's not like that's their only two like it wouldn't be like you you can have a situation where you have a quarterback who's not good fantasy but he's got two good receivers because if they each get you know say 1200 yards and you know, nine touchdowns on average, you've got 18 touchdowns and 2,400 yards. If nobody else gets anything, then the QB is not good, right? Because it's not enough. If he ends up with 3,800 yards and 24 touchdowns. Um, but there are other guys in Miami. They should have, if those guys do what they're projected to do, Tua will be valuable and Tua runs a little bit, tiny bit. Um, but I just don't think Tua is good. I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the spark that I would need to see. And uh, I was looking at the quotes from like Tyreek Hill about him and the coach about him. It's offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach. And it's just, they're so lukewarm. They're like, there's no throw he can't make. You know, it's like, they're not like, he's amazing. They're like, there's no throw he can't make. They're saying there's not as much negative about him as I thought coming in. And I I think like they're always forced to say nice things. And that's pretty, you know, damning with faint praise. And I quoted that. And if you ever want to search, you want to see something funny. um, You know, I'm always like, have all these nutless monkeys coming after me for like absolutely sensible, uh, uh, world view takes, but I, I, I had, I'd sort of uh, not, I'd grown used to not getting them for my football takes. And I just said that mild thing about Tua. It doesn't look very enthusiastic. You know, who knows these dolphin fans were pissed. They were like, you don't know anything. You're a moron. You know, they were, they were jumping down my throat because of Tua. And I'm like, look, it's possible Tua's is good. He's certainly getting every chance right now with the weapons he has, but, um, but I don't see it, and I'm not touching Hill. I like Waddle because I think Waddle will catch. Like I like Waddle too. Yeah, so hundred and thirty, hundred. You know, he can catch 120 passes for a thousand yards uh, with two as his quarterback. But, um, but Hill, no way. I'm just not. I'm not on him. And Tyreek Tyree Hill's a great player, but he, uh, it's just it's just a shame that he's on the Dolphins. He should be on a. He should be on the Packers. And I yeah, and I've warmed up a little bit to uh, Chase Edmonds in the eighth round because Tua, you could see where he would dump the ball off a little bit, and I like the whole coaching setup there. So it's I'm not like super bullish, but I think he if you're waiting on running back, he's a good snipe. Uh, he's someone to jump up around to get if you're just like oh my god, I, I have four receivers and I only have like AJ Dillon as my running back, so he might be a good PPR James White ass Danny Woodhead esque. I mean. He could have that Deion Lewis season where he's like RB12, RB13, Chase Edmonds. I could totally see it. Uh, all right, man. You did it. Uh, everyone knows Chris Liss. Very early in the morning, Alan. You know, it's, it's West Coast I, time. I appreciate that. You're at the West Coast. And uh, when are you heading back to uh, Portugal where you live? I'm heading to Mexico City on August 2nd and then four days there and then back to Portugal August 6th. Yeah. Well, you know how much I appreciate you. You know how much uh, I love hanging with you. We had a, a good time in, in Las Vegas last week. Great time. And uh, yeah, man, I, I uh, implore everybody. I'm disappointed to go- by your lotus consumption. You didn't really pull your weight. What are you, you know, talking about? Jeff and I did all the heavy eating. You barely ate a thing. Oh, my God. I had two martinis. And, yeah. and by the way, thank you. you. You guys bought my dinner, so I appreciate that. That, that was, was Jeff's idea. I just went along with it. I saw that. I was a little annoyed that you weren't like, oh, yeah, of course. You're like, oh, Jeff, like you, you were shamed into Jeff, buying my dinner. Yeah, I, no, I was like, no, I'm not doing that. You buy it. You buy the whole thing, Jeff. Thank God no, for no. Jeff. Thank yeah. God no, for he Jeff. He suggested. I was, I, was, I was on board with it, too, though. You've, you've been very helpful and uh, – and give me uh, good and terrible advice at the same time, and I appreciate it. Yeah, but the bad advice is good because then you know what you don't want. Yeah, well, that was, that was by the way, the ba- the dumbest thing I did was my idea, <laughs> and I found out, oh, I really don't want to do reality show type shit because it's it's so I, stupid. I think my idea. Listen, I throw a lot of crap at you, but I think like eighty percent of them are viable, not like yeah. great, but just viable and thought starters. Yeah, seventy percent, sixty two. 
Uh, fair Max, enough. Max. That's that's better than your chances to win. Oh, by the way, were we going to get chances to win live stream this year? Is that no, happen? no chance, no chance. That was your worst <laughs> idea. You've had a lot of good ideas. That was just, no I, chance. Chances I to win. I prefaced you know, it with yeah, it was a bad idea. You, know, you knew it was a bad idea. You knew yeah. I wasn't going to go for it. You yes. just threw it out there anyway. Uh, if you want a, a quick thing about chances to win, it was a joke. It was just a joke. It was like, a, <laughs> and people started calling in. And then, you know, of course, Matt Deutsch heard it and was like, oh, we got to do this. So it was like mandated. And then it was hell. I hated that. I hated every second of it. I was like, oh, oh it's Monday. I got to pretend to do this thing. And, you know, we tried to make it into the joke that it was, but it was a joke. It was just a joke. And then people tweeting the best, the best response was, you're just making these up. Don't listen to this. This is fake. And I'm like, yeah, it's fake. <laughs> Dumbass. You know what it's like to me? It reminds me of like the band that doesn't want to play their best song because they're so sick of playing it and the audience just demands it. Like, you know, it's the like audience. I don't even think the audience did. I think it was, you know, it doesn't, it's a small subset of psychos that were calling in. Actually, it's not, it's not <laughs> actually true. People liked it. I know people did like it. I don't know why, but it was a joke. It was just a joke. Uh, yeah. But you know what? If Rotowire does it this year, I'm sure they'll take it very seriously now that I'm yeah. not doing it. You did it again. I appreciate it. Hopefully, we can get you to come back uh, sometime midseason. Do like you know what anytime I like? Time in, anytime. yeah. You know what I like doing with you? Like two or three weeks in, I like doing a redraft the first round with you. I think that's sure. always a good exercise because what's real, what's not. If you remember last year, we redrafted the first round in week two. I took Cooper Cup in the first round when yeah. you weren't when you weren't sure yet. So yeah, that was my you big. Did. Call oh, you, did. you did, you did. That's I right. remember. I was like, wow. <laughs> it was like, yeah, that was right. Yeah. All right, I want everyone to go to Chris Liss's Substack and subscribe. A lot of good free content and the the premium content there is worth supporting. Everyone knows his Real Man Wood podcast. I've linked everything in the video description below. It's a must listen for me. It's appointment radio. All right, but next week we're going to be back with uh, John Lab talking some rookies. I'm excited for that. Chris, thank you again, and everyone else. Good luck in your leagues. And go to rotowire.com right now. You can get a free two-day look behind our paywall. All of our cheat sheets, uh, rankings, premium podcasts, articles, everything. Go to rotowire.com forward slash try. We'll see everybody next Friday at 1030 a.m. Eastern time for a live broadcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.